We are live on a Thursday, the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. I'm your host, Mike Gill, Hunter Brody, Josh Henning producing today's show. You out there, what's going on, everybody? It's a gorgeous day if you're able to get outside and just kind of get a little taste of the fresh air. Don't stay out too long. Make sure you're uh, protected and all that good stuff. Hang out in your back porch, do what you got to do. But baseball is in the air, bros, as uh, a lot of people uh, are seeing the reports out there that baseball is kind of itching to get back, man. They have uh, some plans, they say, in place to try to get themselves back out on the field. I don't know how accurate it is. I don't know how realistic it is to get back out in the field for them. I actually think they're getting people excited, a little too excited. But it's good to say that baseball just might be back before we know it, man. Yeah, no, that's a good way to put it, though, because... It seems like every other week you're hearing something about Jeff Passan being on Get Up or he's here and he's saying something and there's always something new. But it does seem to an extent that the tables are turning in the right direction, no? I mean, yeah, if you're if you look at these reports and believe the reports, uh, Jeff Passan was on Get Up earlier this morning and uh, he essentially mapped out what we talked a little bit about yesterday, which was uh, that plan by Trevor Plouffe, the former Philly uh, I think he was a third baseman. I don't know what he did. I, I don't remember him even playing with the Phillies. I don't know that he ever actually got called up or or had a, you know, I think he had a cup of coffee, but nothing more than that. But this uh, return to play proposal is expected within a week. And within that, like we heard all these crazy reports about they're going to play here, they're going to play there, they're going to do the bubble, they're going to play in Arizona, they're going to do Florida. But it sounds as if that they are sim- simply going to play in their home stadiums and just kind of roll with the punches, man. Let's see what happens. Let's roll them out there and see what happens, much like the KBO, which is going on now, the Korean Baseball Organization. Right. Now, I just want to pat myself on the back a little bit because when we brought this up, Trevor Plouffe, the other day, and when I mentioned Jeff Passan, the way he reported it on that first KBO broadcast, I went to my second-level thinking. And I said, I think he's holding out on something so he could be the one to report it. And bang, just a day or two later, here he is breaking the same story. What was the new information that Passan gave that Plouffe didn't have? I mean, Plouffe didn't didn't have a lot of detail. He just kind of had the dates. Correct. That's what it was. Passan had more than 240 characters. (laughs) (laughs) exactly pass it went more in detail but i knew i said something i felt as if he knew more information and he wanted to be the one to spill the beans yeah which uh look i think the ploof thing is hard for these major networks to kind of go on now i wouldn't be surprised if ploof starts getting calls by people to say hey where'd you get this and uh, are you interested in being an analyst because that was some good you know reporting by you because somebody tweeted something last night you know, like, hey, these dates don't seem. And then he responded back. I got six organizations telling me they are being told, get yourselves ready. So essentially from like right now until mid-June, these players have been told, get yourselves going, start to get working out, and get yourself in baseball shape because, baby, it's time to play ball. I love it. I'm so pumped up. I, I know I probably shouldn't be, and they're still talking about July, early July as a start date, which isn't right around the corner. It's still a significant amount of time, but I, I just sense that we are headed 
in the right direction with sports returning. You're seeing it happen in Korea. I just sense that we're we're starting to really turn the page with sports. Well, here's the thing. And I, I agree with you to some extent. You know, USC is going to fight this weekend. Goff has said it's going to come back. I think there's a NASCAR race coming up, maybe even this weekend or next weekend. The 17th, Josh tells me. All right. But much like, and look, whatever people's beliefs are on whether or not you should go back to work or stay inside, that's on you. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life and what to do. But I feel like there's just this momentum of everybody is opening up. That doesn't mean they're opening up smartly and that things aren't going to have to change again in two or three weeks once new information comes back. There's a reason why baseball isn't like, all right, let's get back out there and start playing to, like the next week, they're still talking about July. Think about this. We are only in mid-early May, right? And we're not even in mid-May. We're in early May, which means you safely still have to get through May, June, and then get to July before the first pitch is potentially even thrown. So there's a lot that could happen to make me not feel like I'm getting overly excited about the potential for a return. And I hate to be the gloom and doom guy, but, you know, a lot of these states opened early. You know, there was a guideline put out there by the federal government that every state essentially said, eh, I don't care what you say, I'm opening up anyway. You know, you were supposed to be 14 days on a downward trend. That wasn't even 14 days ago that they made the announcement that you needed to be 14 days on the downward trend and people started. So people essentially said with took whatever the federal government said and blow it out. You you know what? So there's a chance that in another week, once that week's numbers start coming around that we could see a big difference because obviously, you know, the testing and then all the numbers will start coming in. So when we're at this day next week, we might have a different conversation. No, that's very true. That's very true. And and when you put it in comparison of how far away July is, let's put it back to being a sports fan for a second. Even if they started spring training in June, don't you think if we had spring training right now that we would be oh, yeah. amped up? Like It doesn't even have to be the actual games in July. If I see Bryce Harper in a spring training game, I'm ready to go. If spring training baseball games were on right now, they would probably draw 10 shares. I can agree with that. Right? Yeah. They would do we, NFL we would be draft type down. They would have we, NFL we, draft type numbers in terms of the ratings. <laughs> we would be breaking down right now Joe Girardi's decision in a seventh inning in a game that doesn't matter. That's scary to think about. It's like, you know, why did he not? You know, how come he didn't leave this pitcher out there longer because this, the, the season's shorter, so he needs more pitches to get ready, and we don't have to worry about his arm. You know, it's like. All of that stuff. I think, no, you're definitely like, if they put, if they, and by the way, I would imagine if they put spring training games on, they're going to be games on all day. I would think they would stagger games so that they have games on it. Noon, three, a primetime game. Like, you're going to get triple header games, uh, I would think, almost until all the other sports start to return as well. If, in fact, again, that we get baseball. Like, that July 2nd date, that's what Jeff Passan confirms. Um that he, he wrote, this is what he wrote in the article. He said, some teams have suggested that players prepare for spring training that could begin as early as June 10th and a season that could begin July 1st. Dates first suggest, 
suggested publicly by former player Trevor Plouffe. So he did give Plouffe the hat tip in the article there. And those he were should. The, and those were the dates that he mentioned. So we're talking June 10th. That's a month. That's still over a month from today just to get to spring training games. And then about a month, a little less than a month of spring training games just to get to the first regular season game. So everybody, I mean, we're still, we still have a long way to go to just potentially get a taste of fake games. True. But you mentioned NASCAR, UFC, golf. As we wait for that, I don't know specifically when golf said that they will be back, but I'm pretty sure it's. I thought golf said. June 11th. I thought that okay. was the date that that's the date that kind of sticks out in my head. Okay. Well, okay. That would put us right in that spring training area as well. I didn't know if there would be something besides UFC to get us to that point. Uh, the fact that we're hearing dates, though, that should be the, the nice part about this. Because if we didn't hear this, we'd still be thinking, well, is it going to be so September? Is the NFL going to push their season back five weeks? I mean, we, we are hearing dates that have potential, and that should be what you should hold on to for some sort of excitement. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think that's, you know, cause I said two weeks ago when there was some talk about, hey, they might return. I said, well, that's a frivolous report considering there was no timetable. Like, they're just like, hey, Major League Baseball aggressively wants to return. That sounds great, but you gave me no timetable. Okay, I would like to return as well. But if I don't give you a timetable, when am I returning? August, September, November? Hey, we're going to kick the season off on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, it just sounded as if they were trying to get people excited over, you know, nothingness. There's a difference right. between and getting people excited about something just to say I'm being positive and then trying to get people excited about something frivolously because I just want to say, hey, baseball's got me excited even though they got nothing for real. They're giving me no dates. But now it seems like, all right, I have a target date. Like, for me, the Super Bowl is my kickoff to my spring training trip. Once the Super Bowl is in my rearview mirror, I'm looking forward to Philly's spring training, which I never got this year. But now if you tell me June 11th is my target date or June 10th is my target date of when I can start getting exciting for possibly spring training baseball to return, all right, sign me back up. Do you think that there would be more power in this report if there wasn't four other reports before this with other opportunities that didn't really have anything behind it? It's a great point. Like the fact that there's been so many other models out there, you know, that have been. Kind of, but you know what, though? I do think that a month ago when all these reports were out there, that baseball was legitimately trying to throw some ideas up the flagpole. And see which ones of them work. So, no, I don't think less of this report. We have more information. The fact that they're talking about playing in the home stadiums, the report was that baseball officials have called the state governments and said, look, if we're going to play baseball, why not just do it in the home buildings? Like, if there's, like, I think the governments of these states said, if these games are going to be getting played somewhere else, why not just play them in, in the home ballpark? 
Well, I'm just comparing this to, say, basketball. Because we haven't heard anything about the NBA. So if the NBA right now reported something, there would be so much noise surrounding it because they've kind of been on the backside going, we don't know what's going to happen yet. We really don't. So if they were to report something right now, we'd be all over it. Now, we're all over this MLB report. Well, basketball is supposed to have a call tomorrow. Maybe we'll get some more information. That would be lovely. I did not know that. That would be very lovely. Oh, yeah. They're supposed to have a call tomorrow. The call apparently had already been scheduled. I don't know if it has anything to do with the return, but there is Silver's going to be on the call with the Players Association, and all the players are supposed to be on the call, and they're talking about reopening the facilities. And I don't know. See, basketball, as Keith Smith told us yesterday, they take a lot of pride in the fact that they were the first one to disband the season or suspend the season, if you will. And now they also want to take pride in returning the proper way. Now, I look at the NBA as sort of the big brother. If you're going to look at this as like a family, these four major sports, it seems like he's the they they are the one that set the example, and then the other leagues follow. Now, the NFL is a powerhouse, so it is a little different, but it seems like they're always the ones setting the example with Adam Silver. Well, yeah, that's what, and that's what I just kind of said was that they are – very proud of the fact that they made the hardest decision of all that. Like they stopped before hockey. They stopped before everybody. They stopped before spring training baseball. Remember spring training was going on at that time and they were still playing games. Uh, and the NBA said, that's it. We're done. You know, boom. And then everybody kind of followed them. The NCAA conference tournaments started to follow them as well. So the NBA was definitely the big brother in this situation. They stopped up first and said, all right, we're, we're not doing this. So, um, that's why I think the NBA is going to be more cautious and careful. Like, all right, go to a guy like um, Cuban, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He is in a city where it's kind of, quote, unquote, a, uh, a hot spot for the coronavirus. And he has come out and said he has no immediate plans to open their practice facility. He said, quote, I just don't think the risk is worth the reward. And he mentioned the reason why. Lack of testing now apparently anyone who wanted a test can get a test cuban says lack of testing that's why we can't open our practice facility we simply don't have the testing to get this done so cuban saying i'm not opening and there's other places as well uh that frank vogel he said he's not really all that concerned about the competitive disadvantages because they are not opening their practice practice facilities for at least a couple more weeks yeah, that's why I wanted to bring it up, because all these other leagues seem to be like, I want to get my product out. I want to get on the field. I want to do this. And the NBA is kind of sitting back going, we don't know what is going on right now. So we're not going to go out there and just make statements. So they made the right decision before. They've been on the record making right decisions in the past. And, and I really like Adam Silver. I think he's done a tremendous job. So I wonder if they are on to something. So we're pumped that MLB is talking about baseball. But is the NBA on to something by holding out, not knowing what's really going on? Well, here's what Frank Vogel said today. Wildwood High's own Frank Vogel. There's a competitive balance element to this that I personally am not really all that concerned about. You know, I think we're still a long way away to from uh, returning to play. You know, I, you know, I, I think it's it's just part of you know, part of this situation is that you know certain markets it's it's safer than others to do so, and uh, it's not really anything we can control. And I don't really have uh, much anxiety about it. When it's safe and appropriate for us to get back in our building, uh, we'll do so at that time. And 
and I'm okay with that. So that's uh, Frank Vogel, of course, the Lakers head coach. Uh, he said, we are still a long way from returning to play. Now, what's his definition of long way? I don't know. That could be two months. That could be after baseball. I mean, that's very, um, you know, it's just vague. It's not a very, you know, it's just we're still a long way from returning. That doesn't make me feel great about I'm going to get to see NBA basketball anytime soon. Yeah, correct. I'm on the same page. I don't know if I don't even know how I feel about NHL and NBA returning anyway. Baseball, you can get a half a season in there. They didn't start. Okay, I can live with that. But the baseball and the hockey, to me at least, it's so weird and so odd, and they're ready for this playoff push. I, I wouldn't be too upset if they weren't able to complete their respected seasons. So you, would, to be you don't have like this die, dire, not dire, but like you don't have the strong curiosity of what the Flyers' season would have ended like, or especially especially the Sixers. Like you heard what Helton Brand said just two days ago that this season was all about the playoffs, and everybody's so sour about this regular season. We never got this playoff run that this season was supposedly all about. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't have that desire to see this because at this point, it's, put it this it's way. changed. Put it this way. I would trade getting the rest of the hockey and the basketball season if you told me I was getting no baseball. Okay, I I, I don't know. I don't know. I think because you set this up for me, not because I care about what happens this year, I think it adds interest to what they do in the offseason with the 76ers specifically. But here's the thing. This is what I laid out. I would give up all of baseball, all of hockey, all of basketball, to know that the first week in September, or the, the first week of the NFL season, we are kicking off, and it is ready to rock and roll. Mm -hmm. Yep, uh, and I know uh, that's something that uh, you wrote about at, uh, at 97.3ESPN.com, about if you could pick one. And some people picked other sports because of the day-to-day -day nature of it. So if you're only going to give me one, I might be more inclined to say, give me baseball because it's every day, as opposed to football, which, you know what? At this point, no. I think I've kind of settled into a routine where I'm kind of used to not having sports on all the time, and I don't feel like I have to rush from here to there to get to a game or my life is so tied to making sure I'm in front of a television. I'm like, I'm in the season six, episode one of The Americans. That would have never happened had the Sixers and Flyers season been going on and the Phillies were playing. I never would have had time to sit on the couch and dive into a Netflix. I'm kind of digging it. Um, I see where you're going with that. I'm catching up on a lot of terrible reality TV with the girlfriend, but it doesn't relate to well, that's seven o'clock for picking bad. No, I like that. Catch that's up what on. I do. That's what I do. I watch. I love sports to death. And then what I do on my off time of sports is the worst reality television you can ever find. It's like my guilty pleasure. All right. Well, it's your fungus foot people. It, the show is called My Feet Are Killing Me, by the way. <laughs> That's the name of the show. Now, have you seen this new thing with the coronavirus? They apparently have, like, corona toes. Like, people are starting to get the virus, and it's, like, going, like, in their feet. So I we did were, see that. We were saying that the guy from My Feet Are Killing Me, he might have a whole new offshoot. <laughs> a secondary show? Right. It could be a spinoff. Or, like, My Feet Are Killing Me, like, this guy saving lives of corona toes patients. I think you got to email the producer. Right? Exactly. Like, these people need to get on. The, I forget the guy's name. I really haven't watched it much in a while. I'm so die. Like, literally, have you seen the Americans? No. 
I have we have di- dove in two feet. I mean, it's six seasons long, and we just started this. I mean, less than a month ago, and we're in season six right now. And these seasons are about thirteen episodes long. So you're talking about you know thirteen episodes times five seasons. Last night was the first episode of the final season. So we're coming down the stretch here. I want to know what's going to happen to Philip. What's going to happen to Elizabeth? Are they going to split up? Are they going to go back to Russia? Is the daughter going to take over the business? I mean, I need to know what happened to Martha, who got sent over to Russia after she married Philip. I mean, what happened? See, this reminds me of Love Island. Is Jerry going to hook up with Dana before Cheryl comes in? It's the same thing. Well, there's a lot more dramatic stuff that happened in between mine. Not not the stuff that like Earl Thomas was doing. Oh, God, I love that. Great comparison. Now that's great television. You get stuff like that, it's great TV. Yeah. Earl Thomas is on uh, the guest starring on uh, this week's edition of what is this show? Love Island. Love Island, yeah. It's in UK, so I actually have to have the captions on because their accents are so strong. I can't even understand what they're saying. Yeah, that's the one thing with the Americans. A lot of Russians, so you got to read the subtitles. And anytime you're diving into a show with subtitles, man, you know, a lot of people these days watch TV with the laptop or they're doing something and they're doing like another thing and the show's on and you can hear the dialogue in the background, but you're not. They get into these scenes with the Russians going and you got to start watching those subtitles and it's a, it's, a, it's a tough read sometimes, man. And this fifth season... You know, one of the characters, he went back to Russia. So there's a whole nother, like, there's always, like, arcs to the story. And his arc of the story is over in Russia now. So he is speaking Russian to other people, like, all the time, man. And it's like 20% of these episodes, you're looking up at the screen reading the subtitles. I think the subtitle read takes away from the action of the scene because I'm trying to read as fast as I can, and I'm not even looking at what's going on. Uh, most time, it's two guys sitting at a desk, and since they're rushing, they're puffing on a cigarette. Not on Love Island, drinking though. A, drinking some sort of vodka. You know, I'm not stereotyping or nothing. That's the scene. It's a guy behind the desk puffing on a cigarette, sipping a cup, and they're, like, having the conversation. So you're not missing much action when they're speaking Russian. They're usually sitting down in a desk, like, chair situation i'll take your word yeah sports bass live 97.3 espn all right uh big show today we got a lot going on you're going to hear from bryce harper now i've said many times that i think bryce harper's popularity or impact or whatever you want to say has not fully been felt by the philadelphia phillies fans like i don't think we have to truly appreciate it or embrace this guy This audio we'll play coming up on the other side might make you do that. Plus, we're going to take a shot at um, in the 3 o'clock hour. Who are the most impactful players in the city right now to their teams? Which guys have the most impact on the next championship team? Which guys are they? We will uh, come up with some nominees. And tonight's MGPT Top 5 at 5. It is the five sporting events, venues, arenas, games that you would like to travel to after the COVID-19 is over. Something that you've never been to. Now, there's a lot of cool ones that I've been to, so they're not on my list. So don't get mad when I don't put these on the list. These are places that you've never been to, but you want to go to when COVID-19 is in the rear view and we can go back to our lives and go back to traveling, 
and go see a game live somewhere. What game, event, venue, stadium, arena would you want to see? That's tonight's MGPT Top 5 at 5. Text yours in. 609-403-0973. I have a long list. I was putting these together, and I was like, man, I got to take this one off. I got to change this one on. I'm putting this one in the honorable mention. I even put ones that I've been to, but I want to recommend for other people to go to. I have a third list, recommendations, ones I've been to that you need to go to. Your next chance at Sports Bash Cash up to $10,000 is coming today at 3 p.m. In baseball and all sports, like, I don't want to have a friend on the field on the other team. That's how I've always been. So, like, players can look at me a certain way, and it, it, it when you hear things, it gets to you. Like, especially, like, from different players and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, a guy came onto our team this year and was like, dude, like, I heard you were for this, that, and the other. And then he plays with me for a full year, and it's like, expectations are, like, blown. You know what I'm saying? That was Bryce Harper on the Barstool Sports starting nine podcast i love the beginning of that i don't want to have a friend on the other team like that right there that's the comment that i think if it was played and heard by phillies fans will turn him up a notch in popularity not that it's a popularity contest but i felt like after opening day when he ran out to right field and did the bow and maybe the night he hit the grand slam to walk off against the Cubs to win the game. I don't know that Philly fans hugged this guy and said, you're one of us. That comment there will bring him into the club. Well, that's because he's very, very cliche when it comes to answers. He's very professional. He doesn't really have that swagger to him. And I think that this interview... It, it allowed him to open up more and just be Bryce Harper and not be in front of a million cameras and give these standard answers where he just gives you the nonsense response when we want a little bit more personality. Wouldn't you agree that this is the first time you really heard him speak in this type of tone? Yeah, well, I thought, though, you know, once he signed and then people were going gaga and he does the press conference on the dugout and then, you know, he runs out the right field and he, you know, he bows, and it was kind of like, here I am, everybody, like, this is going to be us. You never really saw that from him again, you know, that connection with the fans. And look, that doesn't mean much in terms of wins, losses, but I think if people, like, there's a lot of people out there that were like, this guy was a waste of money, he wasn't worth it, he didn't do what I thought he was going to do, he struck out too much, he didn't have enough home runs, he didn't drive in, uh, he never drove in, a, there was a guy last year who said, text it on. He never drove in 100 RBIs in his career. It's a waste of money. You know, his batting average wasn't all that great. So people were looking for ways to kind of pick at this guy. But I think if he came right out early and said, I don't want friends on the other team. I'm here because I love those fans because they used to boo the crap out of me when I was here with the Nats. And let's go out there because you got, like, if he, you know, he said this, which was kind of interesting. Take a listen. When I was... Going through it, I was like, what city can do that for me? And I was like, Philly. Not even close. Not even a question. And for me personally, this is no disrespect to D.C. or anything like that. I love Philly. I love those fans. I love the just the pure emotion the fans and the Philadelphians feel and let out. So the question was kind of like, which fans um, you know, can I connect with? I want to win. Uh, I want to go out there every day for the fans. 
uh, who go to the games. Who can I do that for? And his answer was a Philly. So I think if like these were some of the things that he had said early on that the little frivolous nonsense that people try to pick on, uh, pick at him for probably wouldn't have been as abundant because I felt like people just look at the contract instead of saying, you know what, we have Bryce Harper on the team. Now, if he was hitting 193 with 14 home runs and 38 RBI, yeah, you could blast him. But he was clearly the best player on the team last year. He hustled his ass off. I mean, he's not a bad guy. He's not a bad person. He's not getting in trouble. And people were just looking for ways to pick at this guy. Why? Simply because they don't like the contract. Which is ridiculous to me. This is a steal of a contract. Garrett Cole just signed for $324 million. Mike Trout, $430 million. Bryce Harper getting paid $26 million per is a steal, and it will be a steal throughout the years coming because people are going to be spending more money on free agents. He had 114 RBIs last year. He hit 260. Okay, but in this era of baseball, batting average is not as significant as it once was. Would I like more than 35 homers? Sure. But he had a pretty damn decent season last year. And to think that he's overpaid, then whoever thinks that just doesn't have knowledge about how baseball works when it comes to money because he's not overpaid. I don't I don't have any. And look, it's a sport that has no salary cap. So it's not like the guy's contract is preventing you down the road. Now, you could say, well, if they spend $330 million on him, they don't want to spend that much money on other guys. That's fine. That's a fair argument to say, well, then the owner doesn't want to spend more money. But don't look at it as locking them into a situation. Believe me, if they're in a situation where the team needs help, you think the owner's going to say, eh, I'm not opening my pocketbook anymore? No, I don't think he's going to say that at all. Now, I'm looking up the AAV for the for the MLB, and he sits at what? around 20th in the league, uh, tied for 16th in the league. I mean, Albert Pujols, Cespedes, Miguel Cabrera, Chris Sale, Clayton Kershaw, Manny Machado, Justin Verlander. All these players get paid way more than him. Look, any, way ju- more than any him. judgment on a player based on the contract they signed throws you out of the conversation of having knowledge. How about how about uh, Stanton, $26 million. The guy can't even play on the field. $26 million per year. That's a... Big part of why I think people aren't looking at Harper the right way is that he is a guy that played every day. He played hard. He was, look, by the way, he didn't even have, like, he wasn't an MVP candidate last year. But, by the way, he had a very solid season on a team that wasn't very good. I mean, 260 in today's game as a left-handed hitter, that's not terrible considering the fact that everybody gets the shift on him all the time. These lefties' averages are taking a hit. 98 runs, scored 35 homers, and 114 RBI. I mean, I think the 114 RBI was a career high for him. Yes, it was. And the 35 homer was only second to the year that he won the MVP award when he hit 42. Imagine spending. I'm looking at these average salary numbers. Mike Trout is essentially getting paid $38 million per year. And that hasn't resulted in a damn thing. With the Angels. Now, you don't let him walk. You sign him to that contract if you're the Angels. Clearly, very good business decision. But you look at Bryce Harper and to look at where the Phillies are at and to see him getting paid $26 million per year compared to this, Garrett Cole, $36 million per year. It's laughable to think that he's overpaid. 
It really is. Uh, look, and, and Harper, is he making, you know, it's the 13 years. It's they People look at the 330. That's what right. they see, and they kind of go, oh, man. But um, this was a cool comment from Harper as well that I think is another reason why you're like, man, I love this guy. And, again, another reason why I don't think we appreciate that we have this guy playing for us. I'm not saying I'm this great teammate or anything like that, but – like that that does get to you. Like you want to be known as a good teammate and a good person and a good guy. Like, but also I want to run, you know, run your ass over at second base. Like yes. where I want to win games. I want to be able to bring championships back to a city. I want to be able to go down as one of the best players to ever play the game. But also like I don't want to be known as this that's playing the game. Yeah, this jerker of kind of fill your own words in there who's played the game, but I want to run guys over second grade. I want to bring championships home to a city. And I think he legitimately, he talked about it. We played some of the audio yesterday about the fans and the fact that the Philly fans were so tough on him when he came here, but that he loved that. And that that was one of the reasons that really enticed him was he loved how hard they were on him and that he wants to be the guy that brings those people who were that hard on him, the championships. Right, and think about it. He had a down year, and I'm using air quotes. He came into this year, last season, he came into his first year in Philadelphia going through a crazy Scott Boris offseason. His wife was pregnant. There was a lot of noise surrounding him coming to Philly, spring training, the, the, the press conferences. It was such a big year for him, and it took time for him to get adjusted. This year, coming into spring training, he was a little bit calmer. He knew what to expect out of Philadelphia. His wife had his baby just seemed like a less stressful offseason, and then he ended up having a good spring training. I just sensed that he was going to have a better season than his last year's down season. Yeah, and if last year was a down season, I'm excited to see what's coming exactly. up. I mean, he had 260 exactly. again last year, 260, 35 homer, 114 ribbies on a team that did not have a lot of protection. By the way, he stole 15 bases as well throw the, and he probably played the best right field that he's ever played in his entire career so throw that into the mix but how did he walk away from philly after the first meeting you know i remember walking away from that meeting like i don't know like i mm -hmm. think they have a lot of good players like i think they have a great team i love their fans i mean going into that ballpark and knowing that they hate me i loved it i absolutely <laughs> loved it because they were so blue collar they wanted you to play hard and they, I know that they respected the way that I played because you could feel it. You know what I'm saying? Like, they could see that. They could feel that. Uh, but they hated my guts, and I loved that. I think that is the coolest thing. They hated my guts, and I loved it. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to go. He says, and then he added this on it, um, you know, to the end, which is going to be weird, not having fans in the stands. But this is something else that he said that really is gives you some insight on what this guy's about. I want to play 158 to 162 because those fans work through their whole week to buy a ticket for a Saturday day game or a Saturday night game. And if I'm not playing, that's a slap in the face to them. You know, like they are the working class city and they are grinding every single day to get by. And if I can make them happy that Saturday or Sunday, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to work my freaking tail off to do that. Oh, <laughs> Can we get a first pitch today, baby? <laughs> I mean, that's a slap in the freaking face, he said. Can you imagine an NBA guy coming out and saying the same thing, that I got to play three times a week? This guy's playing six times a week and says, get my ass out there because you're out, out there spending money. I love it, man. 
LeBron, by the way, I've been here for over a year. I've never seen you that fired up before getting ready to go for a baseball game. So I love that. Now, LeBron, by the way, not to get too sidetracked, he is very big on making sure he's available to play for fans who come to the building. I'm not but knocking anyway, LeBron. I, I I'm not knocking LeBron. I know you're not. There's I'm just saying he's stars. another athlete. There's other stars in that league, though, that are less than excited about playing every night of the week. Yes, agreed. I love the fact, though, with Bryce Harper, he embraces blue collar. He always talks about his dad working in Vegas and just being a guy who had to grind every single day. And he always relates it back to what his dad had to do and how much he loved that mentality. And, and that's why he always relates it back to Philadelphia. But that blue collar work ethic that he continues to bring up all the time, it gets my juices going. Yeah, I mean, it's and somebody texted in. His answer really was, who will give me more money? That's not really the case at all because he had offers for more money to go other places. He could have got more money, maybe not total money, the $330 million over the 13 years, but he could have had a higher annual amount of money. He could have got a bigger contract in terms of the annual value uh, each year, that contract. He's not making, as you mentioned, He's not one of the highest paid players on the annual basis in the league. He had offers for more annual money to go play in other places. So, yes, the the total, but that's because he went out to 13 years. Nobody else was really willing to. If somebody offered you 13 years at that money, three or four years into this deal, this deal's going to be a bargain. Hey, that's what I was saying. And look, the Dodgers offered Bryce Harper a four-year, $45 million per year contract. Now, that's a lot of AAV shorter term. So at the end of the day, the 330 is is a big deal. Right, but you can make the argument, Hunter, that in the end, I don't want to say he screwed himself. He's getting $330 million. But you know, three to five years into this deal, if he's putting up numbers like this, he's going to be – vastly underpaid when he starts to see what everybody else is getting in free. He already saw Mike Trout get $38 million a year, $35 million a year. He's already seen people get these contracts that is making his contract look feeble. So he knew he could have got the bigger deal to go to the Dodgers for more money on a shorter term, but he was like, you know what? I'd rather be there long term because that's where I want to be. He said it was important to him to play one more contract he wanted one more contract he didn't want it four years from now have to look for another free agent spot and go through this all again right and if he did care about the money that's where his mindset would be let me get re-signed again in a couple seasons that's what he did mention though the dc offer he really enjoyed he thought he would stay in washington dc it just came down to the deferred money. It wasn't the 330 versus the 300 that he was offered from D.C. It was the fact that they deferred the money, and he was not willing to do that. So that, that was the only difference. He did not mind the $300 million offer from uh, from the Nationals. This is that cut. So at the end of the year, in 18, um, wasn't a very good year for us. Um, it was definitely tough. We went to Colorado for the last series, and I was like, man, this could be it. you know. But at that time, I, I talked to Scott, and I was like, I want to be there. Like, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to play. Like, you look at all the best guys in the league, like, in years past, that have stayed with the team their whole career. Like, it's really cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's something that you look at and you're like, looking at G or you're looking at Rip. Like, you're looking at Trout now. Like, guys that are staying with their team for their whole career, like, is awesome. There's a part of me, too, when I hear that, it's like, 
man, I feel bad for this guy because he really felt like he wanted to stay and be that guy. And he actually said it. It's sad when players can't stay with their original teams. And I, you know, I, that's one thing that I think this whole free agency and all the movement has that aspect of it. We're not going to see these career Yankees like a Derek Jeter anymore or a career Yankee like a Mariano Rivera. Like those days seem to be behind us. And he sounded like he would have preferred to be in that type of situation. That's where you're like, but he chose us. But we got some good text messages. If you heard these Harper cuts and you're not fired up, something's wrong with you out there. Sports Pass Live, 97.3 ESPN, 609-403-0973. Mike, if you're not fired up for the Phil season after hearing that, there's something wrong with you. That's on the text board. Also coming in, I love it, Mike. I've been cooped up in the house too long. Everybody remembers. Everybody remembers. I feel like I should say it like a bunch of times, just like he did. But uh, everybody remembers the Allen Iverson practice rant. It's, it's not about that at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but it's it's it's, it's easy to, to to talk about. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Not a game. Not, a, not, not the game that I go out there and, and die for and play every game like it's my last. Not the game. We're talking about practice, man. I mean, how silly is that, man? We're talking about practice. I know I'm supposed to be there. I know I'm supposed to lead by example. I know that. And I'm not, I'm not shoving it aside, you know, like it don't mean anything. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. But we talking about practice, man. What, are we- well, what would happen in today's game if this rant happened? In today's world, this is 2002. There's no Twitter. There's no social media. There's nothing like that. And he goes on that rant, and it's still, here we are, 2020, and we're still remembering this like it was yesterday. Allen Iverson, practice, practice, practice. Could you imagine if a player went on that rant now? That's what I was thinking about with Bryce Harper, I, because we were just talking about him. Imagine Bryce Harper going up there and talking about, we're talking about the pitching machine, the curveball machine, because Gabe Kapler last year was talking about the curveball machine. <laughs> it would just be hilarious. Like, just going back and listening to this and seeing the reporters in that room and just kind of, like, imagining, like, standing in there and listening to this guy going off and everybody tweeting away. Allen Iverson having epic meltdown right now with the video rolling. I mean, it would be unbelievable. But, like, you know, you didn't really – it wasn't like, oh, my God, this is happening right now. It wasn't until later on that night. You don't think that it was – I mean, it was obviously crazy at the time still. It's one of the most epic grants ever. It was, but it wasn't immediate. Okay, I understand you know what, what you're saying? saying. Like now, if this, Allen Iverson was going off on a practice rant like that, the way that he just was like, you know, I'm supposed to be the franchise player. We here talking about practice. That was my Allen Iverson there. That was pretty good. Yeah, Josh. No, says you could be better. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're my Josh, boss. Josh, Josh is usually very honest. He'll tell me whether mine are good or bad. Which ones are some of my better ones, Josh? He has the rankings for it. Tom McGinnis is incredible. Incredible. It's wow! In, well, it's incredible. I mean, you can't just you can't say something like that and then not be able to do it on the spot. Well, no, that's not fair because Gil is not an impressionist. He's not Frank yeah, Caliendo. I'm not Frank Caliendo here, dude. 
Well, he said it's incredible. That's his opinion. Listen, but. I'm here with him every day. He'll be editing a Sixers like promo, and he'll just start doing McGinnis for like 30 seconds out of nowhere. Well, we're going to have to – can we maybe record this next time? We, we need to have some clarification for the fans and people like me. It's very spontaneous. It's just like all of a sudden it'll come over me and I'll just like throw it out there. But if you ask me to do it, not as good. Also, Gil, right, does, that, Gil does Baker as well. Oh, Dan Baker. To, we're going to have to add to Josh's workload. He's going to have to record you at all times. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean – you never I, know I, have, I have a new phone, so I can actually record this stuff. Well, I think your old phone probably recorded, too. Uh, that just in, right? That just in. Your old phone had a recording mechanism on it. It's 2020. I'm the sure new you, one's better. It might be better, but the old one still had the function. Like, everything new was going to be better than old, unless it's Adobe 3 against 1.5. This is true. But that that's a little inside industry jargon there this new editing uh system that i have it's an abomination it's awful it's like, like adobe 1.5 is like the industry standard and they upgraded it to a 3.0 and it's a piece of bleep how dare they upgrade software like that they always do that like i don't need a new look for my twitter interface i don't need a new facebook i don't need a new look for these things i don't know what to tell you gil you're just a complainer yeah, so what was the one? Oh, so he likes my McGinnis. Dan Baker. Dan Baker. Apparently Dan I Baker. do a good Dan Baker. He does. And it's one of those things where Pete will try to do it, and Gil will always correct him and do it better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that laugh. Oh, you're pleasantly surprised over there, aren't you? Yeah, well, Josh, like, if I try one and I'll say, like, how was that? Of course, he's not going to lie. He's like, nah, it was a five. I'm too honest for my own good. It gets me in trouble. Yeah, yeah it was a five out of ten. Like, my, I, sometimes I do a good Merrill Reese, but it's only... Sometimes. You know, there was one time when somebody, Merrill Reese, read the wrong phone number, and he, like, was one number off. I had to go read the number in a Merrill Reese voice. No way. Yeah, because I was that close to it. Hey, when we come back, the five, the most impactful players in the city coming up.